Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. How many of you understand that we're a church that believes in raising leaders? Amen. We are raising leaders who are going to Lusaka this weekend. We had a team that just went to Achivarongo to scout out our next church plant there. And we really believe that every believer is a minister. That Jesus gave the same spirit that is upon him is upon the pastor and is upon the believer. And so this morning in the first service, we're going to have one of our up-and-coming leaders and preachers. And also in the second service and also in the last service. And, and since we're doing the worship series this morning, one of our worship leaders, Mark, is going to be sharing the word. So won't you just stretch your hands to him as we, as we pray. Father, we thank you, God, that your Holy Spirit is going to speak to us this morning, Lord God. Thank you for the vessel that we have in Mark, Lord, his willingness, Father, to humble himself and to serve your church, Father. I thank you, Lord, that our hearts are open, and I pray, Lord, that you will transform our minds and our hearts as you speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. How are we doing this morning? Okay, so <laughs> it's really just a privilege and an honor to just to have the stage. You know, they say the, the stage is holy ground. So anybody that steps on it must either know that you're speaking truth or that the Lord is going to do something while you're here. And a lot of times, you know, when we think about when you need to stand in front of people, when you, even when you preach the gospel, there's this thing that we need to decide, say, God, am I willing to be a vessel to be used by you? Because if you're willing to be used by God and God says, go, what are you going to do? You're going to be like, uh, are you going to be like Jonah? No, I'm going to go this way. But it's really just, it's, it's something for us to, to understand when, even when we're speaking about worship, that it's not... I know many times we say worship is not just singing songs. But we say that and you're like, okay, but what does that look like practically? You say worship is not singing songs. Yes, it's, an, it's, it's part, it's a tool that is used. But when we think of our lives, everything we do, everything we say, everything we think, that's worship to God. And if we understand that, you will understand so many things. So just to, just to go back um, in terms of what Pastor Langa was sharing, he specifically focused on, if the scripture is there, he specifically focused on Romans 12, verse 1, where he says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So what is true and proper worship? Offering God, offering your bodies as a living sacrifice. Why? In view of God's mercy. If you understand what God's mercy is, if you understand what God is doing, if you understand where God has taken you from, if you understand that, listen, I was, I was a sinner. And even before that, Christ died. So God already had in mind that he said, hey, there's a plan and a purpose. So because I know that this is God's mercy, this is where God has brought me from, therefore I offer my body as a living sacrifice. Why? Because I understand where God has taken me from. And that 
that should even push me more to offer more. Living sacrifice. I think uh, if I remember, Pastor Sergei would always say, the problem with a living sacrifice is that he can get off the altar. You can jump off the altar at any time to be like, no, this is too painful, I don't want this. So what then is worship? Worship is the believer's response, mind, emotions, will, and body, to who God is and what he says and does. So remember when we say we offer our bodies, what, is, wh- what are we doing? We are responding. Why? In view of God's mercy. We understand what, where God has taken us from. So in view of that, the, the, the way that I know, okay, I've been saved, I've been set free, now I'm living in freedom, and because of that, my response is what? I offer my body as a living sacrifice. So what we're going to specifically focus on today is a lifestyle of worship. What does a lifestyle of worship looks li- look like? So it's, v- it's, it's very interesting that, like I think uh, when Shelter and I were talking about the message, it's like, okay, how do you try and compact everything in terms of worship, trying to give you the practical sense of it? What does it look like really? Why do we actually come to church and worship? Why do we raise our hands? What is the purpose? Did you actually know that there's a purpose for you raising your hands? It is not just because everybody's doing it, therefore I must also do it. It's not a spectator relationship. It's a response, remember? So if, 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 if you forget everything I've said today, just know that you, re- you need to respond in view of God's mercy. So a lifestyle of worship looks like this. Looks like a surrendered life, a life committed to transformation, a life inspired by revelation, and a life devoted to service. But this is, this is like, okay, so this is what it looks like, but how the heck do I get there? <laughs> so I'm showing you the destination, but I'll take you on the journey. So, <laughs> so we need to understand that this is what a, a, a lifestyle of worship looks like, and these are just a few things that we, can, that we can mention, but looking at it, it's, again, a lifestyle. How do I live my life? And there's two specific things we're going to look at. We're going to look at private worship. We're going to look at corporate worship. What does private worship look like? If I don't understand how I need to worship God, how I need to pursue God in my private time, what does it help to pursue God corporately? Then all you're doing is offering work, not worship. Because now you're working because like, oh, I'm coming to church on Sunday, and what do we do when the worship starts? We sing songs, we, we worship God, we raise our hands. That's the posture. So I do it because it's, it's church. That's what we do at church. But the question I want to ask you is, if you are sitting in your car, will you do the same thing as what you do at church? Because... The thing is, we can't separate when we come to church from what we do in our own time. We can't separate the two. Church is a celebration of what has happened in the week. When we come together, we are saying, you know what, we have so many testimonies. I mean, even when people, when, when the transition person or whoever asks for a testimony, there should be like, the whole church should be running to be like, I've got a testimony. Why? Because God has done a lot of things from Monday to Saturday. 
There's a lot that God, that God has done which we don't even realize. But if we don't take the time out to say, God, actually, yeah, I have a testimony. The fact that I'm alive is a testimony. The fact that you are saved is a testimony. Because a lot can happen during the night. A lot can happen. I mean, you've, you've, you hear of people that, that, that died in their sleep. You know, and I'm, I say like, God, that's not, that's not what I want, though. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you must rather just, just take me. Like, I don't, I don't want to die. Just take me. Just take me to heaven just like that. But anyways, so our key scripture that we're going to focus on today is Colossians. So Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And look, I underlined whatever you do. So that is your life. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. The second aspect is in the name of the Lord Jesus. In His name, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So, what does that look like? Firstly, we need to understand that it's all about God. When you come to a place of complete surrender, remember, a surrendered life, when you come to that place of surrendering to God, it no longer becomes a thing of God. I'm coming to receive from you. I'm coming to get, uh, uh, you know, I, I want to experience your presence. I want to feel the, that goosebumps that I feel during worship. I want to feel love. I want to feel those things. But that's not our purpose. That's a benefit. When we come to a place of saying, God, that it's all about you, that God, I come here because I'm saying, you know what, it's all about you. I know that I've been through so much. I've been through struggles. I've been through pain, but it's all about you. Therefore, when I come, I'm singing from the place of I've been through this. So now I can raise my hands and say, you, you know what, God, you have brought me through all of these things. You have brought me this far and you're not going to let me go. There's a quote that says, if I can just remember it now. <laughs> okay, never mind. Revelation 4 verse 11. I'll just read the scripture. It says, Worthy are you, Lord, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. So what is that? Worthy are you, Lord to receive all honor and glory. Because God is worthy, we worship Him. Because He deserves all the honor, we worship Him. And another, uh, another, another definition of worship is giving worth to God, giving back what is due Him. Because if we, if we think of it, it's not that we are saying that, you know what, God... Uh, I, I want to receive, and it's good to receive from God, yes. It's good to come with that, 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 that expectation that when I come to church or when I'm in my car or when I'm at home, it's good to have the expectation that I'll receive from God. But it's not good to make that the motivation. The motivation is that because it's all about you, I receive. And because God is a faithful God, because God loves you, what will He do? He will give it to you. Why? Because you've come to a place of, I am in complete surrender. We don't come to God with a list and say, God, this is what I want. This is what I need. This is what I desire. 
These are all good things. But we come to God and say, God, this is about you. I come to church because it's about you. I come to the place of where I can sing a song and it's even bigger the place of that even if the worship team is playing a completely wrong note, which happens at times. <laughs> even if that happens, because you understand that it's not because I need to hear the note that it needs to make me feel a certain way, but it's to say, hey God, you know what? I, I, I'm struggling. Especially for me. I struggle. If, if a song is off, I, I mean, or if something is wrong in terms of the music, I, I struggle. I struggle. I struggle to be like, okay. Then I'm always just thinking, okay, please fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. But I, I have to silence myself and be like, you know what, God? Even because of that, I'm going to worship you anyways. You worship God not because the music sounds good. You worship God because he deserves it. He deserves it. Music is just a tool that is used, just like we use any tool when it comes to preaching the gospel. When it, I mean, these screens, it's a tool so that you can see what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say. Right? It's a tool. But I'll get into that a bit later. Pursuing intimacy. You have to pursue God. And it says pursue. It says pursue. It doesn't just say intimacy. It says pursue. It means that you've got to do something to get to God. Because if, if, okay, if someone had to give you $5 million today, and you're just like, okay, cool, thank you. But it's just chilling in your bank account. And you'd be like, oh, you know what? I really want to buy a car, but I don't have the money. I really want to do this, but I don't have the money. But somebody just gave you $5 million. Or I want to buy a house. God, please, give me a house. The money's sitting in your bank account. What do you need to do? You need to go either to the bank to not withdraw all $5 million, but you need to do something to activate, to, 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 get, to get that money in order to get what you desire. So pursuing God or pursuing intimacy is not to be like, okay, God, I'm here. I'm pursuing you now. <laughs> All right? Okay, God, you're not saying anything. I, I said I'm here. I, I, speak to me. Speak to me. The one thing that God spoke to me about before I married Hilma <laughs> There was one thing he asked me, just one thing. It wasn't like, okay, you're gonna, this is the woman you're going to marry. It wasn't that experience. <laughs> he just asked me, are you willing to fight for her? Are you willing to fight for her? If you're willing to fight for her, then pursuing intimacy becomes easy. Pursuing her becomes easy because you're willing to fight for her. So if you, if you want to receive from God, if you want to get favor, blessings, yes, his word says you receive those things. But if you want to get to know who the maker of heaven and earth is, get to know the person that designed you. I mean, I would have loved to get to know, to, to, to have met Steve Jobs when it comes to Apple. I would have loved, even though he was... <laughs> but we love, we, we love him anyways. Um, but 
I would have loved because he made products that people can access, that people can, to make their lives easier, to make their lives simpler. So I want to get to know that, God, what is it with this life? Why is it sometimes difficult? Why is it sometimes easy? Why do I have to go through financial struggles? Why, 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 why? Why? In order to answer that why, we need to find out the who. Who is he? Who has he said I am? What has he called me to? What has he called me for? That's why pursuing intimacy is so important. You can't expect to worship God publicly with everything if you're not pursuing intimacy privately. Then it's work. Like I said, it's work. Then you're coming to say, hey God, uh, I'm worshiping you because I heard that if we sing beautiful songs, then I'll feel a certain way. And no, because I'm pursuing intimacy, because I know my creator, because I'm getting to know my creator, Therefore, I worship him from a place of knowing him. So if you want to get to know who God is, pursue intimacy in your private time. It's so important. And that's, that's something that I cannot stress enough. That if you're saying, you know what, God, I'm going through so many things. I'm not hearing anything. You, you seem far. Uh, God is not answering me. I'm talking about God is not answering me. I just felt that there's a prophetic word that, that, I, that I had on my heart that I felt that many people or some people in church are struggling with, it's almost like there's been like a heavy cloud over you. And it's like you're fighting to say, God, what is happening? I, I can't get through this. But it's like it's, I, I just saw this image of God just lifting the weight that you are carrying. And I felt that God is saying that you're going into a time and you're going into a season where things will feel easy. But you, you, you still need to be at the place of receiving the fact that, he's, that he wants to take that load from you. So God is saying, do not worry about the load that you are carrying. Do not worry about the struggle that you are facing. Do not worry about this cloud that seems so heavy. Worry about the fact that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. And then, um, what is it? Choose to honor him always. Choose to honor him always. Matthew. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. So we choose to honor him always. Whether it is easy, whether it is difficult, we choose to honor him. Why? Because he's worthy. Back to that revelation scripture. Worthy are you, Lord, to receive all honor and all glory. When the Bible says all, it means all. It doesn't mean that Okay, God, you, you, you receive all honor and all glory in this aspect of my life. But this one, I still want to enjoy this for a bit. No. If he receives all honor and all glory, he should receive all honor and all glory. So now that we, that, that we understand that this is what my private worship should look like, that it's all about God, that I need to pursue intimacy, that I, sh that I should choose to honor him always. And remember, it's a choice. God is not going to force you to honor him. God is more about relationship than he is about you just giving him things. He wants to have relationship with you. And that's why we choose to honor him, because 
we know that because I know that he's my father, because I know that he's a good God, therefore I choose to honor him. I don't just sit back and be like, no, but I feel that God is like such an angry God. God is the one that gave me the deeds. That's nonsense. I choose to honor him because he's good. And how do I know he's good? Because I pursue intimacy. How do I know that he's faithful? Because I pursue intimacy. How do I know that, he, that he's, he's, his mercy endures forever? Because I pursue intimacy. How do I know who God is? Because I pursue intimacy. I spend time with him. So when, when we get now to church, when we get to corporate gatherings, it's like, okay, now that I've done it here, when I get here, it's just a matter of, okay, I'm just slotting in. I'm just slotting in because I've done it so much on, in my private time that it becomes so easy and so simple to do that. And if you think, okay, no, I can worship with Bethel at home or TBN or what, God TV, whatever, yes, you can do that. But ever, however, Hebrews 10 says this, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. So we come to church, number one, because we want to spur each other on. How many, how many of you have felt, let me, let me use the word sad. <laughs> I don't want to use depressed. But how many of you have felt like you felt just low before you've come to church? You know, and then after you either went, after there was worship and after somebody spoke to you, you just felt so encouraged. You're like, hey, I can take on the world this week. Why? Because the, there's truth in the word. How we may spur one another on toward love and good, good deeds. It's a place of encouragement. Think of it like this. If I have coals, and all the coals are together, and you know, um, I want to have this amazing braai, as we know Namibians love meat. So I want to have this amazing braai, and there's all these coals, and it's so hot. But what happens the moment I take one coal and I put it on the side? What happens to that after some time? It dies. It gets cold. And that's exactly the same with us. If we want to live that solo life, it's just me and Jesus. <laughs> You're going to get cold. It's cold out there if you decided to be alone. <laughs> that's why we don't give up meeting together. It says, as some are in the habit of doing. We don't do that because we want to be encouraged. We want to be spurred on. We want to be like, hey, I'm ready to take on the world because somebody told me you can do it. So when we come to church, that's why we come to church. We come to church to celebrate and we come to church to be encouraged. Yes, you're getting something out of it, but why? Because it's all about God. Therefore, when it becomes all about God, God gives me what I desire. I'm, I'm struggling. I feel alone. I feel like this. I feel like this. But God is all about you. Okay, my child, here you go. There's peace. Here's favor. Here's blessings. Why? Because I've made it all about him. Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. So you see, it talks about as you teach and admonish one another, preaching of the word. Well, the Bible is clear. I mean, I, I don't need to go into the Greek or Hebrew. That is clear as it stands there. As you sing, as you worship. 
psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. So we sing from the place of gratitude. We don't sing from the place of hurt. We don't sing from the place of difficulty. We sing from the place of gratitude. And when you sing from the place of gratitude, your worship is amazing. Because there's nothing that's holding you back. If anything holds you back, push it to the side. And many times I will tell you, I've come to church and worship is going on and I'm just like, God, I don't, uh, I, I really don't feel like it. I really don't feel like it today. And guys, we, we do go through those, we are humans. You're not going to be every day, it's be like, or every Sunday, it's like, hey, I'm ready to worship. It's not going to be like that all the time. But what is my choice? My choice is to honor him always. And when you do it from that place, guys, it, it becomes so easy. And then after church, you're like, my goodness, I felt like this, but now I feel like this. Why? Why is that so powerful? Because you've let go of the control. You let go of your emotions. You let go of how you're feeling. Worship never, ever needs to be about us. It always needs to be about God. If it's about how we feel when we worship, then that, then that is the wrong attitude to have. It's all about our posture. How do we position ourselves when we come to God? Do we position ourselves with closed hands and be like, Epa, I'm not going to receive. Or do we position ourselves, God, my hands is open. I want to receive everything that you have for me. I'm going through difficulty, but my hands are open. I want to receive everything that you have for me. And then we look at, okay, so we sing songs. Why must we have instruments? These drums, they're just so loud, man. I, I can't <laughs> worship. But the Bible tells us, in 2 Samuel 6, verse 5, where it says, um, what, let me read the full scripture. David and the whole house of Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord, with songs and with harps, with lyres, with tambourines, sistrums, and cymbals. They were celebrating with all their might. So when the drummers are going for it, they are celebrating with all their might. And I say that because that is where I started. I started with, and that's, let me call it my first love when it comes to instruments. But I understood that when we, we are here and, and, then, and you are screaming and you just feel so excited, guys, it's with all your might. With everything that, that you have, you give to God and you sing. Instruments, Hello, they are the instruments. It's not saying, uh, I mean, symbols. These are symbols. It's drums. It's instruments. It's in the Bible, if you didn't know that. <laughs> so we, 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 we worship God. We celebrate with everything that's within us. And we're saying, God, we are here because you deserve all the honor and all the glory. Psalm 98, verse 5 and 6. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and with the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Psalm 150, verse 3 to 5. Praise him with the trumpet. 
Again, it's talking about praising Him with instruments. And if you didn't know that your body is an instrument as well. So when we are clapping hands, we are making music to God. We're not just like, oh, we need to add, maybe the, the drums need some encouragement, so we need to. <laughs> no, we are making music to the Lord. And looking at, okay, so now that we understand that we sing songs, now that we understand that the instruments are good, they're not bad, they're good. We use it as tools to worship God. Now that we understand that, what does it mean then when we raise our hands, when we sing, when we stand? When we lift our hands, I want to use an example. When Jade, my daughter, when she comes to me and she raises her hands, what is she saying? She's saying, Daddy, pick me up. I want to be close to you. So when we are raising our hands, we're saying, God, I want to pursue you. I'm giving you what you deserve. So my hands are raised to say, God, you deserve it. It is not about me. I'm not, I don't want to stand. We cannot be passive Christians when it comes to us worshiping on a Sunday or at any time. If you want to stand like this and expect that there needs to be a response from God, but what is your response? What is your response? In view of God's mercy, I offer my body as a living sacrifice. So my response is, God, I want to just lift my hands because you deserve it. Kneeling, bowing down, you're giving honor to somebody. Kings in those days, when somebody bows down to them, you are giving honor to that person. Why? Because that person has a place of authority. That person is powerful. That person can take you out whenever, but obviously God will not do that. <laughs> But it's giving honor to the person that deserves the honor. So when we sing bow down and worship him, it's not just bow down and worship him. But what is your response? So even think about the words that you are singing with the songs. Think about it. Many times we just sing the songs. It sounds amazing. I love it. But have you actually thought, what, what am I singing about? And remember, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, whether in word or deed. So when, I, when, 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 I, when there's an action to it, God, I'm responding to you because of your mercy. I'm responding to you because you deserve it all. Standing, again, honor, laughter, dancing, shouting, loud noise, clapping, all of these are responses because we're saying my body's an instrument, therefore my body's responding to the glory of God. My body is responding because God deserves it. My body is responding because I've pursued intimacy. My body is responding because it's all about Him. So, be active. Don't be passive. When it comes to worship, don't worry about what the person is doing next to you. We come, again, to spur each other on. So if somebody next to me is getting excited, sometimes I also feel like, hey, <laughs> exactly, let's get excited. <laughs> but it's a response. What is your response to when you worship God? What is your response when you're coming to sing corporately, when you're coming to praise God? 
And it's not a thing of that when we, when we say praise and worship, we think our yeah, praise is fast, worship is slow. That, that's not what we're saying. We're saying your life, your posture, what you do, where you stand. You stand in Jesus. Why? Because you are saved. The Holy Spirit dwells within you. So my posture is already in Jesus. When God looks at me, he sees Jesus. So when I worship him, I'm responding in Jesus to God. At a place where I am just completely surrendered. I'm like, God, you know what? You deserve it. Therefore, I'll clap my hands. Therefore, I'll sing. I'll shout. The walls of Jericho, how did the walls come down? Did they just walk around seven times? They shouted. There's victory when we shout. There's declaration when we shout. We have walls that are in our lives. We have walls that are in this nation. When we shout, there's a victory cry. What are you shouting for that you need victory in? What are you shouting for? Sometimes you say, the Bible says, yeah, we must tell this mountain to get up and move. But how do you tell that mountain? Uh, mountain, get up and move. <laughs> or you can say, mountain, get up and move. Do you, do you feel the difference in that? That there's, there's when you do it with, with, with all your might, that there's authority for When Isaac was almost sacrificed, it was a journey to get to the mountain. Do you think when God spoke to Abraham, that Abraham was just like, okay, it'll happen in the next five minutes? No, they didn't have cars back then. So there was a journey that they traveled. So imagine as a father thinking, Constantly along the way, God has asked me to sacrifice my son. He's asked me to sacrifice this promise. Yet, what was his response? All right, God, you said it, and I'll do it. He responded in obedience. Yes, he response, his response was obedience. Yes, it might have been difficult. But because was all about God because he pursued intimacy because he chose to honor God he was willing to obey so what is the Isaac in your life that God is calling you to sacrifice whether God has promised it to you or not are you at that place of I can sacrifice because God has asked me to do it if you can answer yes to that question then you know the position of your heart is in the right place. If you can't answer right yes to that question yet, you say, God, what is preventing me from saying yes to that? It's difficult. Yes, we understand that. But what is that Isaac in your life that God is asking you to sacrifice and to give up? So a lifestyle of worship, a surrendered life. 
a life committed to transformation. Romans 12, verse 2. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Feasting on God's word. Living in constant fellowship with him. Constant. Yielding to his leading. Responding in obedience. Serving faithfully and cultivating a state of perpetual awe of God, stirred by a revelation of who He is and expressing that revelation externally. How have you surrendered your life? It doesn't, this is not speaking about when you get saved, when you, when you surrendered. That's not speaking about that. Because remember, we're speaking about a lifestyle. A living sacrifice is cons- constantly surrendered to God. You are constantly surrendering everything to God because you want to have a life committed to transformation. You want to renew your mind constantly. So God, here's my life. I surrender it to you on a daily basis. It's not a once-off, tick the box, and it's done. A surrendered life, number one, requires you to make that choice to be surrendered to him requires you to stay on that altar and not get off because it's painful. Requires you to understand who he is. How do you get to know who he is? You spend time with him. And you express that revelation externally. So your response, because your life is surrendered, because you want a transformed life, because you know who he is, your response is, Jesus, it's all for you. An active response. The moment your Christianity becomes passive, you need to ask yourself, how much time am I really spending with God? Because if you're spending time with God, you are constantly responding to Him. But if you're not spending time with Him, you will literally feel how tough it is. And just to end off with a quote by the ever-famous Shalpa. (laughs) She says, A lifestyle of worship is founded on a deep understanding of the sacrifice of Christ. The price paid for the redemption of humankind. The revelation that our righteousness is found in Christ Jesus alone. And the knowledge that in Christ, our position as sons and daughters of God is assured. Because of the Lord's great mercy, we are not those who worship with our lips while our hearts are far from Him. No, we are those who are bursting at the, th- at the seams with gratitude and with every glimpse of our Redeemer, our worship deepens and we cannot but express the posture of our heart externally. Can we stand? So right where you are, just just close your eyes. Close your eyes and open your hands to be in a mode of receiving. God, we understand and we know that it's all about you. God, our postures want to always be in a place that, that our bodies respond 
Not only that, but our hearts respond to who you are. Because you deserve it, God. You deserve all the honor and all the glory. So even at, as you are in this place of receiving, I want us now just to sing a song to God. Whatever it is, whatever is on your heart that you want to give worth to Him. We sing to you, God. is yours, God. You deserve it all. You are worthy. Raise your voices in song to him. Raise your voices. Respond, respond. Respond to his goodness. Respond to his faithfulness. Respond to him being worthy. Respond, respond. want us to sing this song, You Are Alpha and Omega. You are the Alpha and Omega. We worship you, our Lord. You are worthy to be praised. You are the Alpha Come on, with all your might, we give you all.
we give you all, we give you all. Yes, Father, we worship you. We worship you, God. You are holy, God. You are holy. You are worthy, Jesus. Father, let this be our constant response to you, God. That wherever we are, Lord God, that our lives will worship you, God. Whether we go to work, whether we come to church, May whatever we give you be like a sweet-smelling incense, God. May our work be like a sweet-smelling incense to you, God. Father, the posture of our hearts is knowing that we are justified, that we have been set free. that we can join the elders and say, Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And Father, right now in Jesus' name, Lord God, I just pray a blessing over us, God. Lord, I pray that everything we do, Lord God, from now on going forward, that it will be worship to you, God that we don't focus on the songs that we are singing, but that we focus on the life that we are living. Father, I pray for a confidence. I pray for a peace. I pray for songs that will come forth from our hearts, songs of, of glory to you, God, songs of gratitude. Thanks to you, God. And Father, we prophesy and we declare over each and every one that is in this place that they will step into places of favor. That they will step into places of strategic relationships, God. That they will step into places where you will use them, God. Father, may we be like Abraham and say, yes, Lord. If you want us to sacrifice this, we say yes.
And I pray for fruitfulness, God. That we can have testimonies every day because of the fact that you are good all the time. And all the time, you are good. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.